0: My sheep hear my voice, and I know them,
1: and they follow me.
0: When we think of our life with the Messiah, what what comes to mind?
1: Well, we should recognize that he is he is our life. Without him, you know, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We have the foretaste of, of the blessings. We have fellowship. We have. Just the joy, a heart that loves the scripture.
0: All because of Messiah? What's that? All because of Messiah?
1: All because of Messiah. Yeshua.
0: Messiah. King of kings, Lord of lords, yo. Wednesday, March 20th, 2019. This is show number 258. Ready for a vacation?
1: Can't wait for it. My name is Caleb Haig. Sporting the Yeshua shirt tea and drinking out of a TNT Trinidad and Tobago oh. mug. A gift yeah. from my friend Brent down in uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Very nice. And. Uh, also been nice. And I'm actually drinking coffee right now not water single shot Americano and it tastes quite nice. Excellent In contrast to my Toro resource mug that fell and handle broke oh, and I oh, re-glued wow. it and so now I don't know if I can trust it with hot with beverage coffee? <laughs> so it still has functionality Oh man So, um,
0: yeah, I'm, Rob heard, <laughs> I'm Rob Van. I'm Rob Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Um,
1: all about the mug.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to say at this point. I'm all over the place. My my brain is literally in fifty places at once. My wife and I we uh, fin- we secretly launched our uh, website growinginmessiah.com, um, and you know it's a it's a, a nice place for us to be able to uh, blog and write. Um, but it's just the very tip of the iceberg. We already got four posts up there, so if you haven't gone and checked it out yet, do us a favor because th- we would really appreciate this. Do this, do us a favor. Go find one of the four blog posts. There's two by my wife and two by myself, and uh, find one that you like and share it on your favorite social media platform. That would we would just love you forever. Um, but ultimately, you know, that's it's just the tip of the iceberg. This, you know, the, the blogging. We want to do a, a podcast. We've talked about doing video. I want to get my son in on some podcasts for the younger, the younger, the kids out there. Um, but there's a lot to think about, man. You know, it, I I think I forget over the years how long it's taken us to get this show put
1: together. Yeah, we and we're still putting it together. <clears throat> we're it's like the- building the airplane while it's.
0: While going it's down flying. the runway, yeah,
1: yeah. like, <laughs> we're like, Oh, I think I should put another wing on over here. Okay.
0: You know, I used to be intimidated. People would be like, Oh, I want to do a podcast. I want, you know, I'm going to start a podcast on, you know, uh, Torah movement issues or on Christian apologetics. Or and I used to think to myself, Oh, like, I remember back in like 2012, I was like, Oh no, you still just muddy the waters, right? It's, it's just going to, just going to water it down. There's just too many choices on iTunes already. And now, like this far into so people contact me. They'll be like, I want to start a podcast. I'm like, God bless you. Good luck. You know, I give them every single tool that we use. I'll tell people the, you know, the different programs that we have running. The money. One time somebody asked me, <laughs> somebody asked me, and I was trying to be, they asked, how much do you think it's, it would cost me to set up the setup that you have? I thought, okay, well, let's, you know, I'll sit down and I asked, do you have a a computer? They said, yeah, I got a computer. I got a Mac. I said, okay. And I added it all up and good gracious. Well, there's been a lot of trial and error. So we're not really a podcast though. I mean, we are a podcast, but we're, we're a a YouTube show. What are we? We're a digital show. We're a digital. Digital show.
1: Digital Messiah matters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked, actually, well, let's let the listeners in on a little secret. Uh, Rob and I have talked this past week at length about the goal of this show, what we're doing, why we're doing it. Is it, you know, and God bless the people who have sent in uh, emails recently. We've gotten some really encouraging emails. We got somebody, we got a guy in the UK who sent us an email, said, I have, because of your show, I bought Accordance Bible Software, spent $800 on modules, have $1,500 in my wish list. I started, you know, I, I, I got the, uh, the Hebrew, the 30 Hebrew uh, DVDs. I'm learning <clears throat> through those and through someone else just so I can better understand the lexicons and, and these kind of things. You know, basic, his overall message, you've taken my, my Bible study to a much deeper level. And it, those kind of messages are, uh, they're just an encouragement. They're such a blessing. But then the, uh, you know, uh, then the question, and I think we, we, we come to this question probably once a year. Are we, have we run, has the show run its course? I think we ask it at least once a year. And honestly, the, you know, when we changed, we, ke- we keep saying change formats. I don't know if uh, we really changed formats. We changed a couple of key elements of how we talk about things. We did that a year and a couple months ago. And uh, I think the, the show has gotten a lot better because of that. Some people don't. Some people wish we'd go back to the heresy hunting. <laughs> But yeah, it's been a it's been a a good week of reflection, trying to figure out what the Lord wants us to do and if He
1: wants us to keep going. So, yeah, how's your week been, man? Well, it's hard to (laughs) gauge. It's hard to gauge. I mean, we're we're like we're off script here. There Um, is yeah, there's no script at this point. We've had great encouraging emails. Right. We've had people tell us they they binge watch you know we've had people tell us even recently we i saw like you mentioned someone saying i think we we need some some serious her- heresy hunting right now you know so um, it's funny you know i in a way <laughs> we hear it's it's all encouraging but um, i think what i'm hearing you say and, and i can understand it's like you know sometimes i wonder are we hitting do we just need to even if we've talked about these topics, you know, three years ago to us, it feels like old territory. And then, so we, co- it's natural for us to go, Oh, you know, do we rehash, you know, do we just send it, send them a link or do we actually re-engage and talk about it some more? And I'm open to talking about it some more. I mean, I, am too, I think but- about uh, the Lord's had to, repeat lessons for me to many, many times before I got it. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. But
0: when, you know, honestly, when we started that, when we started this and, you know, a lot of our, a lot of the, the initial setup was done by our good friend, Mark Randall and Mark, Mark Randall helped us set up the radio station and, and got us kind of, you know, he, he had this, he had this vision of the way that we could do something and because of it, it you know, it really got us off and running. And ultimately, in the beginning, thanks, Mark. Yeah, ultimately, in the beginning, what we wanted to do is we wanted to be able to send like if somebody we were getting emails all the time, and they were taking a lot of time. You know, the writing of emails each day was taking It was taking me anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours just in responding to people asking, you know, what do you think about this passage? Have you seen this person's teaching? What do you think about this? And so the the um, in the initially it, it was.
1: Well, we need, but you realize we need people that we can reach out to like that. I mean, that's a, that's a legitimate, important function in the body of Messiah. Right. But what it puts you in then is, is a situation where it's like, oh, I want to, I want to be you know, maximize my efficiency with my, my activity here and, and my traction with, with reaching people's needs. And so, um, anyway, Well, I mean, the
0: point is, is that we, you know, initially I wanted to make videos so that we could, instead of having to write out long emails, we could just send somebody a link. Here, watch this. This answers it. That was, you know, that was the, and uh, we essentially reached the core of that, you know, so that I can give people, you know, there's a lot of different links from the small little clips that I've made and we can send people. They were just fine and and, uh, we basically fulfilled that role. And I think that's, you know, a year and a couple months ago. When we felt the Lord kind of telling us to, we you know we were seeking a lot of counsel and, and getting a lot of emails on it, and uh, we decided okay let's let's kind of change how we're doing things because and it had been
1: five years yeah and and so that was like five years seems to be like a milestone like you know it's a it's a milestone
0: but the point is is that we fulfilled the original goal of the show and that's why you know one of the reasons that we changed for you know changed names changed all that kind of stuff is because we felt like the core the the core goal of the show had been reached and so now the question is okay well if that core goal was reached what's the core goal now and helen makes a great point she says i'm i'm fickle i want to hear the gospel over and over please no doubt i completely agree
1: um, well we all and, and that's such a great point because we all need that we, we right you it's not like you can just you hear hear in faith is comes by hearing like you hear the word you have faith but it's not like now you're just this little vessel all by yourself and you have what you need for the rest of your life right we need we need that hearing we need that washing of the word and uh, if we are we if we are one avenue whereby people are hearing that then that's 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 awesome
0: yeah yep Anyway, so it's been, a yeah, we've had good conversations. Let's jump in, I suppose. Well, actually, let's do this first. Let's tell people about us. You can um, give us a call on our comment line, 253-465-3205. We got a message this morning from Andre, which we'll play a little bit of um, in a few minutes. But uh, he notes in the beginning of his comment, which has not been edited, by the way, because I just didn't have time to edit it. I got it a couple minutes before we came on air. Um, but he notes that uh, the message still says Tor Resource Radio, which has gone away. So if people don't know that Tor Resource has gone away, I have to change the message and, and re-upload it. There's a lot to do uh, around here, and, and message machines has not been one of my, my strong suits in keeping them up to date. Anyway, so you can still give us a call, 253-465-3205, and we will uh, not be talking to you. It's an answering machine, and you can leave your message and tell us whatever you think or whatever you want us to talk about. You can also shoot us an email cheg at torresource.com, cheg at torresource.com. And um, let's not forget our producers. Um, we are so grateful for our producers. And they, they are for if you're watching this, there they are at the bottom of the screen. I'm um, going through our executive producers right now. You can become an executive producer. We're about to roll over to the winter quarter. And uh, so if you want to become a, an executive producer, I would hold off. I actually am going to you know, uh, hold people who just signed up. Um, through the spring quarter but you'll get the new spring quarter mug if you wait a week or two so um yeah
1: uh, is, is that design out i haven't i haven't looked on the, the design is not already. out yet no it's not out yet we're we still ah. have the winter quarter
0: and that's why i say it, it just wait right now it looks like uh, a route 66 sign i think except for it says uh messiah matters on it instead of route 66 Cool. And uh, and that was for the winter quarter. So when you see a new design pop up, that's when um, that's when you should go ahead and order your exe- executive producership. And actually, the last person we just had somebody, Omid, and I think I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, Omid. Anyway, him and his wife donated. I need to get his wife's name up there. We he didn't send a message in, and I am not going to release where he's listening from. His name is in the end of the producer credits, and uh, next week we'll have his wife's name in there as well. But uh, for signing up to be a executive producer, we say thank you. You've been blessed.
1: That's right. (laughs) I love that clip. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, people are on a... So Truth Hurts in in the chat room has asked... Um, about good people for apologetics in the uh, in the Torah movement, it's such a difficult question. I mean, ultimately, Bobby Walters is the first name that comes to mind. Bobby Walters is a good one. Um, I don't know if Derek does Derek Blumenthal do apologetics. I don't he, know. He, but he's I'm an sure. IT guy. Yep. His theology's straight though, and then um. And then, you know, somebody brings up J.K. McGee. I like a lot of the stuff that, that, that McKee puts out. However, um, it kind of depends what, where you're coming theologically. Because uh, McGee, I believe, is a staunch, holds to a staunch Arminian theology. So very free will based. That's what I've seen. Um,
1: and I, don't, I can't comment on that because it's, like, it's off my radar.
0: Anyway, so, I, you know. <laughs> Somebody says Tim Higg. Yeah, uh, my father's. My father's. You good. might
1: try TorahResource.com. I don't know.
0: Ariel Berkowitz with Torah Resource uh, Internet, Torah Resources International, which is a totally separate, completely separate company from TorahResource.com. Yeah, uh, Ariel Berkowitz. He does. Te- Ariel Berkowitz does teach at Torah Resource Institute, but Torah yep. Resource
1: and he contributes to the weekly uh, parasha uh, for the students, which is awesome. Yeah, but, on the rotation.
0: Uh, uh, Torah Resources International is his uh, is his website. It's so funny
1: because we we have Torah Resource Institute, but we we've tried to not call that TRI because yeah. we want to allow Ariel to use TRI to mean Torah Resources International. And so I know it's it's crazy. These ideas grew up <laughs> independently of each other, so it's kind of funny. Yeah, in Um,
0: 2002, my dad named, uh, he named his ministry, the ministry that he was creating TorahResource.com, all one word, capital T, capital R, and I think either in 2001 or maybe right around the exact same time in 2002, Ariel Berkowitz was, I think, was he in Israel by that time, or was he in Pittsburgh? Anyway, at the exact same time, Ariel Berkowitz was creating Torah Resources International, three words. Right.
1: Um, and by the time so they're, they're, they they are, uh, on the same page doctrinally, right. right. Um, but they are independent they, and they it's were, just, it's really, it's just really kind of <laughs> crazy how it's like, wow, look at that. They, they have the same kind of acronym, but, that's but right.
0: well, and then things got really, uh, really mixed up when, uh, Ariel Berkowitz came and started teaching with Torah resource Institute. Because then people were like, "What?" And actually, to this day, I get email. Some some uh, URL poacher came. They uh, tourresourceinternational.net came up, and so I get mm. emails pretty much every week by different brokers. Would you like to purchase tourresourcesinternational.net? It's like, no, it's that's, that's not my company, man. <laughs> they they don't get it. So they're not the only ones. Anyway, um, yeah, but outside of that i outside of that you got basically a really hard time trying to find good people in the Torah movement who have good apologetics it's because you know, most it's, of them it, don't
1: part of it is the internet right we're in the internet generation and i was telling someone the other day the internet is a yes machine the internet for the individual user is a yes machine. Whatever you search for on it, you'll get. Right, unless you're paying for some sort of filter. But I don't think I know they have things for like that for certain content. But do they have an, a filter for your internet to to weed out bad theology? Well, here's the
0: problem. <laughs> here's the problem. And
1: we've we've there's a ta- product. There's a product. We've, we've, a ta- product. we've talked Maybe. about
0: we've talked about this numerous times on the show, and and that is that one of the problems that we have. In whatever you want to call it, the Torah movement, um, is that people have said, oh, the church it has bad theology, which is not the case across the board. Um, and because of this, they've rejected, you know, at the conference I went to a couple weeks ago, you know, several people said to me, oh, I went to cemetery. There's this downplay of education. And this idea that if I get educated in, you know, in a Christian seminary, I'm going, you know, it's not a good education, which is nonsense, first of all. But second of all, it's uh, it shows that there is not a, a strong emphasis on good education, and because of it, people are getting educated on, you know, on Wikipedia, and beca- and and this is where you get all sorts of horrible, horrible
1: theological blunders. This and this is the deal. Back to the, inter- the internet being a yes machine. Here's a question that we need to ask ourselves in before the Lord. Where do we get our nose? Because biblical love, bib, your nose, biblical love. There's yes. And there's no. Got it. Where do I, who's telling me no. And I listen to them. If you don't have anybody in your life who tells you no, and then you listen to them, then that's problematic
0: well because
1: we need to, we need to be uh, under some sort of authority structure whereby there's yeses and there's noes not just all yeses this is this is one of the and, and with the internet and you have these these self these charismatic self-made entrepreneur bible guys that run out there they don't have anybody telling
0: them no and that's this is one of the reasons that i that i've tried to put such an emphasis in the past i don't know month or two on community is because if you're not in a community, basically all you have is your own echo chamber. Yeah. You're reading the Bible, you're going online, you can always find somebody online who can, who can, who's going to agree with you. We've had people
1: locally, you know, that, that in, in our local leadership had to say, look, <clears throat> yes to this, no to this. And then we get the accusation, you're being unloving. Right. And, the, and our response is, no. You just want to hear yes. And you, you, your vision of biblical love is that whatever you feel and whatever you find on the internet that you think is okay.
0: Yeah, exactly. Anything that I
1: <clears throat> tell you that is contrary to that is uh, unloving because you haven't identified what, what biblical love is.
0: I, I, I read an article yesterday and it was, thank heavens, it was by an evangelical who just slaughtered, slaughtered this interview. <clears throat> But um, this person, Slaughter. Slaughter. like in a in a good this, way. In a, well, this this other person had interviewed three people um, that come from different relationship outlooks, and um, she actually blogs or or does something when it comes to when, when it comes to relationships and sexuality within within uh, culture today, and so she wanted to uh, interview people who were religious who had. Um, strange outlooks on sexuality and so there was a homosexual pastor and who was currently dating. there was a uh, a pastor who was in a polyamorous relationship with multiple people and then there was a woman who was a pastor and and so it was these you know and the person who wrote the the blog that I was reading was going through and saying how this is absolutely completely not biblical and anyone who's a true evangelical would would shun this kind of uh, immorality. So that it was nice to see that perspective. But the point is is that these pastors can say, "Oh, you know, they can they can twist, you know, go online, twist things however you want, twist the Bible however you want. And if you have an echo chamber of, "Oh, it's okay, we're all doing okay," then it, it doesn't matter. You'll be able to hear anything that you
1: want. Yeah, it's a it's a yes machine. Yeah.
0: Okay. We haven't, it's, wow. we're, look at this. We're, we're 22 minutes into the show. You no, know, And here's
1: the thing though, back to our, back to our first thing we started talking about how much of our listeners and this would be good feedback. How much of y'all who listen to us even ramble here? Does it, is it, does it feel like we're off topic or do you actually, is it actually contribute in some minor way to, to edification? uh because caleb and i were talking about the other day i like because with you know we kind of stopped doing this you know talking about what teachings or heresies were floating around or getting traction to talking more scriptural centric approach um and then but i thought you know how much um edification comes just from caleb and my you know brotherly back and forth about this about any topic versus how much of it is edifying only when we're talking about scripture. You know, that, that's an interesting question. I don't know how to, what the answer is.
0: There was something that I think something just fell in the office. Did it go? Either that or it was an explosion. One of the two. (laughs) So I'm hoping everyone on the other side of the door is okay.
1: All right. Well, you still have power.
0: (laughs) I still have power and no one's tried busting in the door. So, Let's take a look. Let's see okay. what we have. Let's see what we have. Okay. We've well, I mean, there's a lot of places thing. to start here. I, you know, I actually want to start with the Holy Spirit. Dana, I think it is. It might be Dana, um, or Dana, maybe Dana. Anyway, she wrote on a on a YouTube uh, video. She says, um, "Hang on, just a sec." Joshua and Tilla. Yes, you should. Uh, Joshua, thank you for your message in the... Uh... Okay, anyway. Yeah, the sound. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to read exactly what's going on in the office. Uh, and Joshua, uh, Michael will respond to you in the chat room. Uh, we received your application. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, okay, let's go to... Uh, I think it's Dana. Dana uh, wrote on a... Um, on a youtube video that we did she says hello brothers shalom i believe in god the father the son and the holy spirit but not as the traditional catholic definition i don't know what this means I, I think that people have a skewed understanding of when the catholic church actually forms and becomes an entity if we look at church history and the rise of what we consider the roman catholic church today this doesn't happen until the fifth or sixth century at least The the talks over the Trinity and the word Trinity comes into play in around the end of the 2nd to the uh, middle of the 3rd century. Okay, these conversations are not Catholic conversations. So what do you mean by Catholic understanding of the Trinity? Uh, To say that, that the Catholic definition, well, the Catholic Church didn't come around until later. So are you talking about what happens in the councils before that when they're trying to define the personhood of the Godhead? Are you talking about Tertullian's understanding of the, the personhood of the Godhead, which happens much earlier than the formation of the Catholic Church as we know it today? And, you know, I saw this, this booklet at the conference I was at the other day, uh, the last week, on why the Trinity is a pagan thing. And then they use all of this church history. There was, in 41 uh, verses, there was two scripture references in the whole thing. And basically, it looked at how they just thought that this all comes from paganism. It's nonsense. the The idea of of the personhood of God comes directly from the Bible. Tertullian is wrestling, among other other, we'll call them church fathers, because that's what they you know that's their title um, for the church today. Other church fathers are wrestling with the exact same thing. They're wrestling with how do we reconcile the scriptures. One of the reasons that we have John uh lumped in with the other three synoptic gospels is because it doesn't it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of gel and so we needed these different perspectives and so when the when people are looking when Tertullian's looking at these things he's wrestling with the scriptures this is not catholic doctrine so it it's it's unhelpful to me when people say oh it's a catholic definition what do you mean by catholic definition do you mean by Do you mean Catholic as an overarching everyone, like the the broader ecclesia? Is that how you're using the word Catholic? Or do you mean Catholic as in Roman Catholic Church? Okay, let's keep going. The Father is the one true God of Israel, according to the Messiah himself. Yeshua is the Son of God, according to the Father and Christ, or Messiah. The son was brought forth of the father before the beginning and has all the attributes of the father, including his Holy Spirit. The spirit indwelling, uh, the spirit. So the, in-
1: so the spirit is an attribute. I,
0: I believe that's where she's going with this.
1: Well, it's, as she said, is one of the attributes, including. That right. means the, the Holy Spirit is an attribute of God. Okay, that's, her, that's what it sounds like. And, this, a,
0: and, and, and now. now she's, for, the, for those who might not know, she's touching on modalism at this point. That that the Messiah, uh, well, it's not full-blown modalism because she's not saying that that the Messiah is a mode of God. But she's saying that the Spirit is, is an attribute or a mode of God. Anyway, let's keep going. So the Son was brought forth. I don't know what that means. Created? Was the Son created by the Father before the foundations of the world? Or is he eternal? I think he's eternal. Anyway, the Spirit indwelling born again believers is the Spirit of the Father and the Son according to Christ himself. I agree. The Spirit is, the The Scriptures clearly talk about the Spirit being the Spirit of the Father. The Holy Spirit is clearly the Spirit of the Son. As we'll see in a few seconds, is clearly his own person as the scriptures put forward. When Judas, not Iscariot, asks Yeshua, how will you make yourself known to us and not the world? They understood Christ himself would come back to be with and in them. Okay. They didn't ask who. It's not a third person, not the Father, not the Son, as Catholics believe. You mean as all of Christendom essentially believes. I mean, we can take out the Mormons, but... Okay, um, would you agree? No, I would not agree, not at all. So let's let's look at this real quick. And the, I haven't been watching the chat room, but um,
1: neither have I because I'm being a good boy.
0: Good job. But but it looks like
1: there's. <laughs> I don't have it open. Although, like, there's part of me is like, I want
0: to see what's going on. I want to <laughs> well,
1: there's a lot going on, which is how fun. I can imagine. Um, I want to go,
0: and I put this all in the show notes. If you don't get the show notes, go to the description on YouTube for this show. And so if there's a button there. You can subs- uh, go to the webpage and subscribe to our show notes. Um, so let's just look at. Now I didn't take every single one out of out of here, but I took the ones that I thought were important. Um, John 14:16. By the way, I you know um, we can just we could just refer to Burke Parsons I've, for those who haven't seen the Ligonier Conference and the fantastic fantastic lectures that just went on last week at the uh, National Ligonier Conference Burke Parsons is one of my uh, he, that's one one of the people I would really like to go see in person and meet and uh, be able to shake hands with uh, he's been a inspiration in preaching uh to me and and uh he he took RC Sproul's place at St um what's the what it what was RC what was the church RC Sproul was a, a pastor anyway um, in Florida, he took his place as the, as the lead teaching pastor there. Um, and it, it, just all around, just all around good preacher and inspira- inspiring. Anyway, he, he just preached last week on the personhood of the Holy Spirit. So I, I mean, I can say things here, but go, go listen to Burke Parsons on, on it. Uh, he's, he just did a fantastic job and it's an hour. It, it's, uh, it's an hour out of your life. That's well worth the hour. Um, time well spent, um, Okay, so John fourteen sixteen, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And then in verse 26, he tells us what the other helper is. He doesn't say, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you me to be with you forever. No, he says, he will give you another helper to be with you forever. John 14, 26 explains what that Helper is. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Now, if we skip ahead to 15:26, but when the Helper comes, who I will send you, see, now we've juxtaposed, the, is the Father sending or is Yeshua sending? Yes. The answer to that is yes. I will send to you from the Father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will bear witness about me. And then he references this helper again in 16.7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I mean, this is, I I don't see how people can get around the idea that this is clearly uh, giving personhood to the the Holy Spirit. Um, We have in Acts 5 as well, right? And this was brought up to me, Andre uh, brought this up to me last week. In Acts 5, and this is something that I didn't even think about until now. um, Somebody asks, oh, Helen asks, was the helper there before he was sent, uh, he sent in Acts this is a great question. My father touches on this in his, in his uh, um, Holy Spirit lectures. And uh, yes, I think the answer is yes. And we see that the Holy Spirit indwells believers um, before the apostolic age, right? We see this in Exodus as, as well as other places. And Walter Kaiser has done fantastic work on this. Um, and it, you can find it for free. Let's go to Acts 5 real quick. We're all over the place today. Um, I I taught on this last Shabbat. So it's fresh in my mind. Um, Ananias and Sapphira, right? Um, But Peter said to Ananias, I'll start in verse 3 here. Uh, But Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep you back for yourselves uh, a part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold... They did not remain, in your own, to, uh, remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart, and have not lied to man, but to God? Ananias, when Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and a great fear came upon all who heard, uh, heard it, heard of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out. And buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? So the point is, is that he says, you haven't lied to me. You've lied to the Holy Spirit. And in John... He says that the helper will come, and he has to leave so that the helper can come, and he will give a different, another helper. I mean, the, there's no way that, that you can slice it except for the fact that the Holy Spirit seems to have personal attributes here. Rob, thoughts?
1: No, so it's all good stuff. Um. Well, I, we I think we talked about this too, uh, in you know, before, but in, I think it's in Isaiah 63, it says they grieved his Holy spirit. Right. So if it's, how could the Holy spirit grieve, be grieved unless it, unless yeah. he, you know, right. Has the capacity to be grieved or lied to, as we see here. Right. You know, my, my son is asking these
0: questions. There's no doubt that he's going to be a theological savant. Um, (laughs) It's true, man. The kid's got questions that are just so good. And, you know, questions that are difficult, difficult questions. And maybe I'm wrong, but I think that they're questions that are beyond a six-year-old. He said to me the other night, Dad, how can Jesus die on the cross but still control everything from heaven? And I said to him, son, you are asking a question. That theologians have wrestled with for 2,000 years. And this is why we have to reject modalism. And of course, then the question comes, what's modalism? And so we had an in-depth conversation about how the Father and the Son have to be separate, but they have to be one. And he said, well, I don't understand how that can happen. And I said, I don't either. But do you believe God can do anything and all things that he wishes? And he said yes, and I said, "Well, I believe that God then has made Himself Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in order to accomplish the things that needed to be accomplished for our salvation." Right. So, it's uh, you know, it's very hard to uh, explain these things and things that I've wrestled with ever since I have been a believer. So, but wh- one reason that I have to affirm them is because I affirm the sixty-six books of the Scripture. Sure. And therefore, if we're we're going to accept the scripture, we have to accept the fact that God is talked of in three persons. That's all there is to it. You want to hit Romans 14?
1: Well, before, there's places like, you know, in the one-year Torah cycle, we've just wrapped up Shemot or Exodus and we're coming into um, Leviticus. But... There's passages like, for example, here's one, Exodus thirty-six eighteen. It says, um, the, and with the construction of the Ohel Moed and the tab- and the Mishkan, and like the NESB says, so that it would be a unit. But it's it's HaMishkan uh, Mishkan Echad, that the Mishkan would be Echad, and it's talking about the the assembling of all the intricate parts, right? Uh, that go into building the tabernacle, and it says so that the mishkan will be echad, will be one. Well, there's multiple parts parts that make this one, this and echad, and function in different ways, right? And 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 we learn this in uh, is it First Corinthians twelve, where it talks about you know there's one there's one ruach, right? But there's diversity of of giftings. And it's all for the edification of the ecclesia, um, And so this, this theme of unity in our trying to, trying to understand unity, the Shema of course, is the greatest commandment that Yeshua teaches us. He is a is part of the, is key part of the, the, the Shema, but then love your neighbor as yourself is by Yeshua's instruction to us is we we're, we're not to understand the Shema apart from love your neighbor as yourself. And we're not to understand love your neighbor as yourself, apart from the Echad of the Shema of loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. If I have to, if I'm, if my obligation is to love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, where's room to love anything else? Right. So how does love of neighbor fit in there? Well, and that's, this is the mystery of, of our unity in Messiah. and, and it's a wonderful, uh, in, in this worldly picture, because we can all relate as, in, in as much as we're in community, and bearing one another's burdens, and um, praying for healing for one another, and and um, tolerating, learning to try to appreciate and tolerate variance in opinions, on especially when there's a prickly topics, you know, topics that are more charged than others, and trying to learn to be loving to one another and to pray for one another and to fellowship together, trusting the Ruach to guide and, and develop our relationships. The, if, if, if we're in that, then we know that the, the greatest commandment, the Shema and the love your neighbor are, that's our, that's our, those are the stars we're steering by, right? When we're in community. And so somehow the relationship within the Godhead, Encapsulated at the end of Matthew, you know, the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Ruach HaKodesh, right? That's w- somehow that that relational nature is it. It it somehow is reflected, is to be reflected in the unity of the body here on Earth. It doesn't mean we 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 can talk about it in exacting engineering terms, and then and then like say this is the exact way that it needs to be expressed but it there is an absolute element of mystery caleb you brought it up when you said the, the gospel of john here as being one of the four witnesses right that we have is it it comes from a from this angle that the other what we call the synoptics um you know comes from a different perspective but yet our by faith we accept it all as scripture right so um, it's good it's good to talk about this but for someone to just say oh i don't believe the catholic doctrine like you're saying um would require that's the, what do you mean by that you know there's uh do you mean oh we don't need to rehearse all that again but
0: yeah gary says the problem is we can only speak in human terms and right, uh, right. jason williams just uh, initiated okay. a super chat and so thank you jason we'll play a clip hmm. for you here
1: Sponsored by Ace Religion Supply, where they say, if we don't got it, it ain't holy.
0: (laughs) Um, Let's move on. Thank you for the super chat. We always appreciate that. I love it. Um, Okay. (laughs) There's so many. The nice thing is, is that last week we said we didn't have enough topics. And so this week we were flooded with good topics and we have a full show. And then we talk for the first 30 minutes of it about things that aren't even on the list to talk about, which is fine. That's great. It just means that we'll have a we'll have something. We'll have something for, um, for our Messiah matters more. Um, okay, and let's. Uh, should we go to polygamy?
1: <laughs> uh, I thought we were going to do. Uh, you want to do Romans fourteen? We need to do the call. Yeah, because okay. we had two pings on Romans fourteen, and since uh, okay. we talked about that last week, we should. Okay. We've actually talked about the last two weeks, kind of. I think.
0: All right. So uh, Andre just called this morning, and and, and um left a message, and, but the reason that we'll play his first is because somebody else actually emailed about the exact same kind of thing. And so this is on Romans 14. And so we'll play the beginning of, of Andre's. It, Andre brings up two different, <coughs> sorry, two different um, conversations. And uh, so we'll just go with the first one here. I thought Torrey's radio was over. You
1: have to change your, uh, your message there. We do have to change your um, message hi, I'm, uh this is Andre calling... I wanted to uh, say that you guys had a good show last week,
0: but um, do you think you could make application of Romans 14 to more relevant uh, questions more relevant to today, like what do we do when family members invite us over and they're eating unclean food? Um, I thought that would be an interesting question. Yeah, and so this is one aspect of the Romans fourteen conversation. Thank you, Andre. Yeah, the other the other aspect of it would be um, somebody asked, "Well, I'm a you know I'm a vegan or I'm a vegetarian,
1: and people say I'm weak because of it." Yeah,
0: that was so
1: that was heartbreaking. So someone emailed saying, "Hey, you know, I so I've had Romans fourteen used by Christians to tell me I'm weak in faith because I don't eat meat," and I was like, "Oh." golly man this Romans 14 that was a new one for me I mean I've heard Romans 14 used for different purposes but that one was like oh my I've gone through
0: through a lot of different uh, uh, diets and my wife said if you're going to go on another diet please don't make it as extreme I was a I was a pescatarian I only ate uh,
1: that's that's a break off from Episcopalian I think
0: (laughs) so funny I've never heard that one before um, oh, it's I
1: thought uh, I'd never have, actually.
0: <laughs> the pescatarians only eat fish for meats. They don't eat any other kind of meat. Um, and so I was a pescatarian for, I don't know, two and a half, three years. And then um, I went s- pretty much, uh, I've been on all sorts of different stuff. Anyway. Um, yeah,
1: it, so so for, let for, me address the
0: one. For me, it wasn't religious. I didn't do that because of religious reasons. So I don't know how I could be weak in faith if it didn't have to do with religious reasons. If you're vegan because it makes you feel better, okay, then it makes you feel better.
1: Well, there, in, in my reading of, of Romans 14, it's that we're we're not dealing with vegans or vegetarians on one hand versus meat eaters on the other. That's not, now and then, so maybe we'll talk about this, then we can go to Andre's question. But regarding the concern or the, the idea that this is vegans or vegetarians versus meat eaters, that that doesn't really help. What the issue is, right. is that you have meat eaters versus meat eaters in Romans 14. Right. And the exactly. ones that are refraining, those who are eating only vegetables are doing so, not because they have a, a anti-meat philosophy. It's they've labeled the meat that's at, there at the meal as koinos, yeah. which which. Is charged with not only am I not going to eat that and just eat the vegetables, but all you people who are eating in that are also now somehow defiled by it.
0: And we need to, we need to uh define the term koinos for people who weren't here last week. Koinos would mean uh, made it's a, un- it's a, it's made a un- pharisaic un- category, it's uh, a ca- of, yeah, made it's not a biblical f- category, made unclean for some uh reason that is not found in the bible.
1: Yeah, it's not about eating, it's not talking about eating pork on the table it's it's meat that for some reason they are suspicious of for other reasons otherwise it would yeah otherwise they, there's no reason for the word koinos to be used and paul's point there's nothing "coinos." it's not koinos in and of itself it's the person who's calling it that they're making a stink about it so the 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 people who are referred to as weak in romans 14 or or the people who are eating only vegetables are not doing so out of some holy ideology of vegetarianism. And there's whole books on like the book of James, the brother Jesus, that James was a vegetarian and all this kind of stuff. Um, Set that aside. This is uh, not participating in the meat because of that particular meat. And so um, anyway, yeah, don't, (laughs) it doesn't mean that someone who's vegetarian or vegan somehow is weak in faith. That, that, uh, that's not sustainable. So, So, but now that transfers, we can, we can maybe uh, transition into Andre's question, which is, okay, so you have this reading of Romans 14. How do we apply it to today?
0: Well, I think, yeah, I think that the, the idea that, you know, and this has happened to me recently. We went over to We went to somewhere and, and, uh, I don't want to mention names or anything, but we went somewhere and, and, uh, it was all believers. And there was, um, there was pizza with, uh, Canadian bacon and pineapple. And then there was a lot of salads as well. And, uh, my wife even leaned over to me and said, why would you ruin a good, I forget what it was. It was something odd that shouldn't have had bacon in it, but why would you, you know, ruin a good salad with bacon? Um, And so, basically, we didn't say anything. We didn't flip the tables over and and start, you know. (laughs) We just chose the things that we knew we could eat, and and that was it. Sat down, prayed over the food, and and, uh, we all had a, a good meal. Nobody questioned us about... Now, don't get me wrong. Growing up, I remember distinctly going to pizza parties and searching out the cheese pizza because everybody else was eating pepperoni pizza. We're talking about Christian brothers and sisters in the Lord and feeling the odd man out for not being able to partake in the pizza that everybody else is eating.
1: So that would be the application where people, I think is a popular probably evangelical reading there. They would say, Caleb, look, here we are. There's all this great pizza and you're, you're avoiding it. Most of it. And that's a faith issue, brother, and we need to talk about that, right? Because the food laws have been done away. That's that's And um, I would say
0: I would simply say that if I am free if the Lord has set me free, I have the ability to dedicate to God what I want to dedicate to Him, and one of the things that I've dedicated is my diet. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna flip tables over. But for me and my family, we're we have committed to eat a ver- uh, you know a certain way, and there's plenty that we can eat. Everywhere I go, I can find something to eat, and so it's I, this shouldn't affect any believers around me. That's just kind of the way it is. Um, and Lois says, but the reality is that according to Romans 14, they weren't walking in love towards Caleb. Actually, that's. That's if if Christians, if mainstream Christianity is going to take the the point that this that Romans 14 is talking about meals, then what should be uh, highlighted here is that if one of your brothers is weak, as I am being claimed to be by mainstream Christianity in this passage, then what they should do is eat like me to uphold me and not tear me down. If I'm the weak one in faith and I think that it's wrong to eat some kind of meat, then what do you do? You don't eat it to show your liberty. That's not
1: what Paul says at all. He says, don't eat it. So there needs to be consideration for people. Now, does that mean that the person who comes in and makes the noise always gets their way and everybody has to always uh, default to the common denominator, right? Um, For example, I, I know this kind of thing can happen. You have a messianic home group. You have all these families coming and all the different dads and moms research things on the internet, right? They come some like, okay, one group um, had soup they made in advance, but they heated it up, right? For the potluck or for the own egg. Then you have a group that just uses a hot plate. Then you have a group that just brings cold cuts, you know, they just, right? And then you have the issue of like, well, are hot plates acceptable? I think, well, then then they break it down to the, okay. So all of a sudden it's like, okay. We won't heat anything back up. We'll we'll have a hot plate on. That's our policy. Right. And then someone could complain about that. And then you'd like, OK, we're just going to have just bring veg, you know, vegetable dishes and cold cuts, anything, you know, because we're not going to use any electricity for food. So where do you it, you see what I mean? It can keep. And then I, pretty soon I, it's like, well, we shouldn't even be driving on Shabbat. I think. Well, th- I think that okay. it, I think
0: a better analogy is the guy who walks in and says, "I'm a not- great analogy." What do you mean? I mean, come on, <laughs> uh, electricity. No, the, the, a better analogy would be the mixing of milk and meat. <clears throat> the guy who wants to keep rabbinic tradition and separate m- milk and meat does that mean that everyone who brings something now has to separate milk and meat?
1: Well, we know that you know there would be people. Well, I'm not going to eat food that that family brings because I know they don't have a kosher kitchen right right because they don't have separate dishes and and it's it's suspicious this is the area where there's got to be a constraint also i mean in other words the, the heart of the hosts needs to be on the welcoming of the people this is romans 14:1 right and the goal of, of welcoming these people into the fellowship is not for the sake of getting into disputes about doubtful things the goal of the welcoming is that it's the ruach that is welcoming right and it's to it's to create a, a place for yeshua to be honored the word to be upheld etc and the love uh, uh, of god etc taught not everybody who's welcomed into that space social space will will uh, latch on or will will hear. And there might be people who've been watching rabbinic stuff come into that space and they're going to be full of opinions and criticisms possibly. Well, I know that some people will because I've, I've encountered this myself. And so does that mean everybody now has to walk on eggshells around this guy who's like be a disciple of the rabbis now, and he comes and visits the fellowship of believers. So, um, I think there's it's supposed to mean that the hosts ex um, have this welcoming attitude and the desire to remove stumbling blocks. but on yeah, the possible. other hand, right. they have to there's a boundary to that right there's a and so th- that that would be another question to pursue is like so what's the boundary? Um, you you shared like when you're on the w- receiving the hospitality, when you're on that role, you just you can choose what what you want to eat uh, and and sit and engage in in fellowship. That's but if you're on the uh, the side of the host, that's that's uh, what Paul's getting at is the the hosts are to try to you know do your best to anticipate you know who's going to be who's going to be visiting etc. and we and got- not to to put. Not to not to just be ignorant, right? But to, to not put a, a stumbling block.
0: In our small group, we have... I mean, there's not... It's, it's just that. It's a small group. There's not a lot of people. Out of the, I don't know, maybe 15 people that come on a regular basis, we got three sets of couples that are vegans. And you know what? Anytime we have a, a group meal, you know, my wife is very... Uh, cognizant of the fact that we need to have stuff for everyone so in the coordinating of all of it there's who's bringing the vegan soup who's bringing the you know all this kind of you know who's bringing the gluten-free stuff there's an option for just about everybody the worst is when i go on a di- any kind of a diet because then it restricts even more so that's always fun all right well we've uh we've covered two topics and we have a lot i don't think we have time to cover polygamy um, that's just too much. Maybe we'll do it next time. Unforgivable Sin. Should we play this audio and touch on it real quick? Why not? Sure. Um, so this, uh, this came to us by a gentleman named Rob. Not the Rob co-host Rob, but the uh, different Rob. He sent a message in. And uh, then he called a second time to just make sure that he had clarified correctly. So I pulled the second message because I thought it was a little bit more succinct. So he refers to his first message. That's why I'm explaining. Yes, this is Rob again. I just called. I just wanted to make sure I, I made myself clear. Like I said, there are. I believe that there are teachers out there that are pushing this idea. Uh, I, I know from own personal experience, and from others that are terrified that they can never come back. And so, um, just kind of hoping I can clarify my uh, my my uh, comments I made earlier. Just that there are some. Uh, Hebraic teachers out there, I believe, that are pushing fear and that they can never come back. As much as someone wants to come back, they can never come back to Messiah because they messed up or they uh, went too far. And so, um, again, if you could just kind of, maybe an idea of of you could talk about some of these harder to understand questions that put fear in in, uh, believers' lives and some of the things that these Mm -hmm. Messianic teachers are teaching. So there's two ways that we could go with this. There's the sin of the high hand and then there's also the grieving of the Holy Spirit. Well, here's the
1: thing. Here, I, can I just say one thing right off the bat? This yeah. is, It's just so sad to hear this. Now, I don't know. He, he mentions a couple teachers in the first email or the first voicemail because Caleb, Caleb shared that with me. And we don't need to mention who they are. But if if someone has a heart for repentance, that's good. That's a good thing. Right. A heart to repent. If someone has a heart to repent and the person they've been looking to as a, a spiritual authority is telling them you can't repent and now they feel um like trapped like they want to repent but can't i that's for after you die <laughs> you know that yeah i i just i, I don't see that i think Um, Even, even the person who commits a heinous crime, it has an opportunity to genuinely repent. That doesn't mean that doesn't, the repentance does not um, take away the damage caused. I don't mean to say that. And if someone has caused real damage, they need to own up. Part of genuine repentance is owning up to the, to the damage. That's Zacchaeus, right? Yes, right. But to say, but to just tell somebody you're out, you're out. And, and that's, that's pretty brutal. Um, so I'm
0: going to go, last week I talked about this book. Um, the gospel comes with how, with a house key. Rosaria Butterfield, her uh, husband, Kent is a pastor at a Presbyterian church. She writes about uh, some of the, the messages that he's given in this book. She says, um, she's talking about Joshua 7, and I just, I just finished the book of Joshua, so this was really fresh in my mind when I was reading it. It almost came right at the same time, like I think the day after I had read Joshua 7, I read this part of the book. She says, Joshua's plea followed a shameful military defeat, after which the Lord revealed to Joshua that sin in the camp had caused it. After examining the camp, the sin was revealed to be a he stole from among the spoil, and then he buried his ill-gotten treasure in the ground. His eyes wandered. He coveted. He stole. He did. Uh, he hid. He, his sin caused defeat, discouragement, and death. This is where most commentators go with the Khan. But that was not where Kent was going. Kent, this is her husband, Kent, wanted us to see that repentance bears fruit. And even if we must pay the price for the sin, when we repent, we give God glory. Repentance always bears the fruit of giving glory to God. Repentance is not an end point. It is a launching pad. We repent unto holiness. In repentance, we grow in Christ-likeness. So, repentance is a work of the Holy Spirit. One who is truly right. repentant will turn from, from sin. Uh, when, I, when I, I thought, okay, I'll type unforgivable sin into a Google search. And th- before I hit enter, I thought, I hope the top one is by desiring God. And I pressed enter, and the top one was by desiring God. It's a dynamite article on um, grieving the Holy Spirit and what this means, what Yeshua meant by grieving the Holy Spirit. Um, it's well worth a read, and I would uh, encourage anyone to go and take a look at that article by desiring God. I don't believe that there's an unforgivable sin as, um, as some may think. I think that the heart matters. And this is why I think that we, is it Esau who is, says that he sought for me with tears but could not find me or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, Jacob, I loved Esau, I hated. Some people have tried to use this as well, but I think that Esau's issue was a heart issue. He didn't really want repentance. He just wanted good graces with God And wanted to continue his own personal life. He wasn't truly, he might have been seeking it with tears, but he wasn't seeking it with his heart. And that's the point. If we truly love God and we truly want to come unto him and truly repent. And we have a heart of repentance. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. It is a gift that has been given to us. It is not, uh, it's not just an ill-gotten want. It's something that the Lord has given us. So for a teacher to say, no, you've gone too far. You can't come back. I don't see this in scripture. I think if the heart is changed, the heart is changed because God changes the heart. When the heart is changed by God, the Holy Spirit comes and he leads us to repentance. Repentance is something that glorifies God. And that is a work of the Holy Spirit. So it is a denial of a work of the Holy Spirit to say that someone can not find repentance if asked for with a contrite heart
1: and again that doesn't mean that the damages are somehow
0: oh you p- still pay for sin there's no
1: more liability yeah that there's right. no more liability that's back to Za Zach- uh, uh, did I say Zachariah I, earlier I meant Zacchaeus um, well, this goes back to Khan you know well when- yeah well Zacchaeus too in other words he Zacchaeus had wronged people he had stole money right he had overcharged. And kept the profits. And he said, and so he went and did what Torah says, right? He repaid, repaid right, uh, and over with interest, with with the added amount. The and reason so, that this has
0: been on my heart is because I I bring this up when talking in in the notes that I've been writing on Acts. We just went through Ananias and Sapphira. Peter gives Sapphira the option. Yeah, she lies. She's like he says. Did you? Did you? Uh, yeah. It, it, she, did you do it, such and such? So, yeah. Anani- Ananias dies. She comes in. Okay, now you tell me, did you sell the field for thus and such amount? Yep, that's the amount. She's given the opportunity to come clean, to give glory to God and repentance. And instead, she keeps the lie up. No, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Um, and this is where it shows a lack of true repentance on Sapphira's part she was happy with the with the with the falsehood that she had given and what does peter say you have not lied to us you have lied to the holy spirit oh, oh man
1: yeah that's a good contrast with the achan story yeah um tell me because he says tell me what you've done and achan comes clean and he says he yeah. says amna which is truly from Amen, truly, I have sinned against the Lord. This my, is what I did. Uh, and, and then my, he, just, he says exactly. And that's a very different than what we see in Acts. And, uh, my, and,
0: and, and my point in my comment, in Excellent. the commentary that I'm writing, I say certainly Akon knew what was going to happen. He knew that the death penalty was coming.
1: he had violated
0: the harem, the yeah. But you know what? He came clean anyway. It was true repentance. And what happens? Joshua takes him and his entire family out. He kills them all. So the, the penalty still had to be paid. Retribution
1: still had to be made. But. Um, and, and back repentance. to Joshua, this is in terms of corporate, we're talking unity of the body. Joshua 7.1 says the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully. Right. In regard to the things under the ban because of a In other words, a little leaven it, leavens the whole bunch. Yeah, exactly. You, the whole, the whole, all the children of Israel acted unfaithfully. That means I, I'm wondering too, who knew about it and didn't say
0: anything. Uh, well, I think clearly his family did. And this is why Joshua yeah. kills his whole family.
1: But it affects the whole, the whole body suffers. This is back to that unity. The whole body suffered because of that. Right. All right. And, and boy, we need to be so diligent and searching our hearts. Here, here's, a, here's a thought that came to me, you know, in <clears throat> one of those times in the middle of the night where I'm uh, awake and, and in prayer. There is no, t- tell me, tell me if you gel with this. There is no separation from sin apart from identification with Messiah. Say it one more time. There is no separation from sin in our life, right? apart from identification with Messiah's life. Absolutely. And here's the thing, we all have places where, where we're not fruitful enough. And it doesn't mean that the Lord is over us with a whip, but back to John, Gospel of John, John 15, he says, if you're fruitful, you're gonna be pruned to bring more fruit. Right. That's a ne- there's never a point where, where the Lord's going to say, you know what, Rob, you're done. You've, you've got all your fruit you need. No, that's not the nature of, of growth and fruitfulness. The nature of growth and fruitfulness is increase, increase, and increase. And who's increasing this whole time? Yeshua. Yeshua is the one who increases. And so how does Yeshua increase in my personal walk with him? It's the same as Yochanan, John the Baptist. Whatever I think of as Rob has to decrease, right? I have to learn who Rob is in Yeshua's eyes, not who Rob is in my eyes.
0: So, and if just,
1: I'm and if I've got some idea about myself that I think is, well, this is who I am. This is who I am. You right. Know? And that's where you've got your. That's trying to imagine myself as independent of Yeshua. And that's what Paul's trying to get at at the end of Romans or Galatians two. There, he's like, it's not me, but Christ in me, right? And he's trying to say it's now the 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 you know the, the life I live is by faith in the Messiah, right? It's He who lives in me, right? And and he's trying to talk about that. And it's it's not easy to talk about because you only understand it through relationship with Yeshua. That Yeshua is Yeshua is glorified. He already is glorified. Right. He's being glorified, and in the end, all you know, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Yeshua is exactly what the scriptures say he is. He is uh, in all glory to him. And how do how do, uh, back to the fruitfulness metaphor? We, if you're a disciple of Yeshua, you desire for Yeshua to be glorified, right? And you desire to to be transformed right you desire to have your mind renewed and you desire to have your little branch pruned sometimes it's not comfortable at all because we get confronted with something that we've been carrying around that is right ungodly and we were maybe we were blind to it or whatever but we learn that and that separation then that separation from that that thing that that God doesn't want us to have—that's not part of who we are in Messiah—means we're also identifying with Yeshua. So that—that's kind of what I was trying to boil down, saying separation from sin in our lives is cannot be apart from our identification with Messiah and our grow and and the increase of His glory in our own learning and in our discipleship to Him.
0: So, uh, Jason Williams initiates another super chat with numbers. He says numbers 15 in Deuteronomy 29, 18 through 20. I will read Deuteronomy 29, 18 through 20 ya drama. after I give uh, Jason a sound clip. I'm a
1: Catholic, which is the best of all the religions, really, because we have the most rules and the best clothes.
0: Um, so Deuteronomy twenty nine eighteen, beware lest there be among you a man or a woman or a clan or a tribe whose heart is turning away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of the nations. Beware lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous bitter fruit. One, hang on, one who when he hears the words of this sworn covenant blesses himself in his heart saying, I shall be safe. Though I walk in the, in the stubbornness of my heart, this will lead to the sweeping away of moist and dry alike. Um, that's a the, good, yeah, yeah the, the, Lord, the Lord will not be willing to forgive him, but rather the anger of the Lord and his jealousy will smoke against that man and the curses written in this book will settle upon him. Uh, so, I mean, Jason's point is extremely well taken. And this is back to what I said, is that this is a heart issue. This is why I think that Esau was not able to, um, was not able to, uh, come back, is because his heart didn't change. Carrie asks Jason, "What is the that big blue insert with U.S. two dollars in it?" That's a super chat, Carrie. Uh, you can initiate a super chat right underneath where you would type your message. There's a uh, there is a, a dollar symbol. If you click the dollar symbol, it'll ask you how much you want to donate, and then your comment once you choose the amount to donate will come up in a uh, colored box and it's a way to highlight your comments and you do it through donations that's what a super chat is so i'm
1: so glad he brought up that verse that deuteronomy 29 because it's it says when he hears the words of this curse right he will both saying i have shalom i'm good he thinks he has shalom apart from the king Right, right. I don't. He's tell. It's like imagine a kingdom, and you've got a guy who's violating the law of the king of the land. But he's like, no, I, I have my own peace. Thank you very much.
0: So Gary Gary makes a good point, though. He says this is dealing with the false prophet. Yes, but I think that's also why Jason brought up Numbers fifteen as well. We have the same thing going on. There's it's a heart issue we see. So it's not just with it's not just with false prophets, and we see this also in Isaiah one, right? Stop bringing your stinking sac- sacrifices. They're stench in my nostrils. Why? Why are they stench in the Lord's nostrils? Because they're, done with, they're not done with a contrite heart. The heart is the issue. And we see this even in the Torah, right? He says, circumcise your heart unto the Lord. Write this, write this Torah on your heart. But then in, Je- in Jeremiah, he flips the script he doesn't say, write it on your heart. He says, I will write it on your heart. This is the new sure, covenant. Sure.
1: Well, in Deuteronomy, at the end of Deuteronomy, it says, the Lord will circumcise your hearts. In other words, twice in Deuteronomy, right? Early, he says he says, circumcise the foreskin of your hearts. And then later in Deuteronomy, it says, the Lord will circumcise your hearts. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, it's been a good chat.
1: Um, is that a, okay? Because this gets into that whole Calvinism, you know, versus armenianism does the lord do, do i have to ask god to circumcise my heart or does he do it and then i find myself with a circumcised heart
0: did, did i ask my dad to circumcise me all right <laughs> all right yeah, good conversation let's uh, yeah let's just see here I you know polygamy is such a uh, a loaded well we have un- clean and unclean maybe we'll do that for um, for our Messiah Matters more this week and then um,
1: yeah. oh, we didn't yeah we didn't talk about Purim I hope everybody has it if you celebrate oh, yeah, Purim, Purim tonight yeah have a fun time Purim tradition is to tonight. read the book of Esther yeah and um which is, which is always great.
0: Good times. All right. Well, um, yeah. We'll, I think we'll probably try to pick up on polygamy next next uh, week. And the reason why is because this is something that we've gotten a lot of. My my um, understanding of this has actually changed. I uh, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Um, just spoiler alert: I don't believe that polygamy is biblical. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Uh so yeah, we hope that this conversation has done one thing and one thing only. To glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah. Why? Well because Messiah matters.